Local podcasting. It's fresher. It's healthier. It's more transparent. It's more natural. Yes, it is. You get to know your podcaster. I know that. None of those chemical additives or preservatives. Wow. No middleman to mark up the price. What's not to like? Has fewer podcast miles. (laughs) Remember, no podcast, no food. Why do we have names for days and names for months, but there's no names for weeks? Like, how did weeks get screwed out of the naming conventions? Go give me an example. I'm going to follow. Okay, so Monday is the, na- day of an, is the name of a day. Tuesday is another example of the name of a day. Uh, yeah. There are a couple others. Hold on. Wednesday is one. Uh-huh. Sunday, we can go backwards. Friday and Sunday are two very popular ones. Oh, yeah. Um, and there are also names for months. So, for example, this one, it's December. It's the 12th month. But yeah. there's no name for weeks. How do we get days and months, but no weeks? So, because we don't label every day in a year. We just label like some of them. But we could. And people got really excited. And I thought they were making good points because your first two options out of the gate are like a deck of cards has 50, 52 cards. So you could do a week is like it's the ace of it's four of clubs week. Mm-hmm. If you knew the order of all the cards. Sure. And and also the it could be two times the alphabet because there's 26 letters in the Wait. alphabet. But isn't the point of cards that you don't know the order of them? But isn't there, there's a poker priority, right? Like there's the lowest to highest. Mm -hmm. Isn't there, what's the lowest suit? Oh, I don't know. Oh, but somebody knows. Yeah. But it is, that knowledge is out there. We just don't have it. Someone asked Siri. Siri. Nobody asked Siri. None of your Siri asking. Okay. (sighs) What's a, what, what is the worst stereotype that you all know about millennials? Short attention span, but I, I don't really agree with that. Labels. We established you guys are technically millennials. I don't think that's necessarily true, but I don't know. When did we establish what the cutoffs are? I think we established we didn't care, and it comes up way too much. That's true. But in this case, I'm wondering what, uh, you don't have any concerns? Jen, you're fine with whatever label attaches to your generation? (laughs) No, I don't like the stereotypes associated with being a millennial of, like, the idea of that we're so... And I'm looking at my laptop right now, so Uh, I'm, like, buying into this. But it's for work, I promise. Um, But, like, the idea that, like, we're so caught up in our, like, technologies that it's, like, more of a limiting perspective that it gives us than something that actually helps us. It it distracts from your ability to eat more avocado toast. Hmm. Are there there any uh, stereotypes of millennials you guys do, uh, like, that you want to embrace? Maybe all the things we're killing. Like the bees? No, more just like the the industries that are not necessary. Oh, wasn't there something like Hooters is not doing well? Yeah, like I don't really care about the fact that Hooters is dying. I'm happy to embrace one. that stereotype. Wait, what, what else is that? What else are you guys killing besides Hooters? Boats. Boats? Millennials aren't buying boats. You're not buying boats? I've seen the articles about that. Oh, boats no. are great. No, it's true. I know. But I think boats... subscriptions to like Yachting Magazine are way down. Yeah, mm. I'm also cool with that one. <laughs> Man. I haven't dug deep into those someone, articles, but I've seen the headlines. Someone think of the yachts. See, right there, you're a stereotypical millennial. Oh, my gosh. Just reading the, the headlines. One. I, you know, I don't even re- I read the headline and I go directly to the comments. <laughs> oh, no. I know. I just. That's I, the worst. That's the, like, of yeah. all possible ways to consume media. Yeah. That has to be the worst way. I get literally no information from anything. I get, <laughs> I get what other people's opinions on that thing are. It's very. Uh, the it's opinions very of people who also only read the headline in the comments. Yeah, it really is a terrible mode of of 
understanding something. Mm-hmm. You have to do so much work to so much work to figure out what somebody's talking about, like on Twitter, because they're only responding yeah. to something else. Mm-hmm. And then you they never tell you what they're responding to. They just have their hot take. Oh yeah. And then you gotta do a search on what they might be talking about. Like when something's trending, it's not like you click on the trending and it says, This is why yeah. we put this on the trending. It's just a bunch of people's reaction to the thing, and I don't even know what they're talking about. Like Bill Maher was trending the other day, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, he's kind of a jerk." Like, what? What? But what are? But what, did you think new about? His did you think that he had died? I didn't think that he had died. No, no. But I was wondering what was new about his jerkiness. Yeah. What? What? What was? What was the revelation? And it was something about uh, what he said about Stanley. I think maybe the randomness. Mm. Should we? Um, do you want to do our show? Yeah. What? What episode? This is episode 122, Berries, Breads, and Butters. With me, as always, Ben Brickhouse-Cohen. I'm your host, co-host, Simon Portman-Tonev. Out in the studio, we have lots of interns. Jen Bon Giovanello. Ben, the fifth BG Gordon. Fourth. The fourth fourth BG. BG. The sixth BG Gordon. There are three brothers Gibb. Did we establish whether it's what the fifth estate might be? (laughs) A long time ago. Fourth estate is definitely the media. Right. Okay. Who else? What do we have? Oh, yeah. We've got our producer, Michelle hyphen Poulton Simon. Is she calling you right now? No, Hello. Someone's calling me. Hey, Michelle. What Did you say the name of the show? Yeah, Birds, Birds, Birds. Did I say, okay, guys, did I say, did I say the name of the show? Yeah, you did. Yeah, thanks. It is the premiere. Uh, we are the show of uh, Lafayette Equipment and all of Lafayette Athletics, aren't we? No, we're just friends with them on Twitter. Okay. Okay. I think that's uh, what that means. In our studio, we have a very special very guest. patient guest. Yes. Um, professor in the Department of Mechanical Engineering at Lafayette College, Josh Smith. Josh, how are you doing? Doing well. Thank you very much for having me here. Oh, hey, Josh. No One of our longest and uh, most devoted fans. Have you been listening since the beginning? Since the beginning, even, you, yep. even the last episode. Yep. You know, He's I, one of the relics that remembers. How did you figure out that we, that we were something to listen to? <laughs> you know, I, I've I been listening you? since I think, uh, you know, Ben mentioned them to me, and, you know, they were just always quite enjoyable. And why, I don't know why he would have mentioned it. Because I knew he had a commute. Oh, that's true. I have to do something during those 30 minutes. All right. right. Mm. We haven't had engineer on for a while, too. Who's our last engineer? A lot of the lost episodes were just all engineers. Pretty much. Elon Musk, mm-hmm. Bill Gates, mm-hmm. Wozniak. Would, is Bill Gates considered an engineer? Isn't he? What do we think? Computer is, scientist, is an inventor engineer? an engineer? I don't know. Not necessarily. What, like Thomas Edison, is he an engineer? Was he? I don't think he was trained as an engineer. I think this is just engineering professors trying to take credit for all inventions ever. Oh, there you go. I mean, what is that line between a scientist and an engineer? Mm. Someone who applies science? I don't know. I don't know. I always bristle at that because so much science is applied engineering. Mm -hmm. Like going to a science lab is full of technology. You can't do science without the technology. I mean, if you look at uh, Bill Gates' Wikipedia, Mm. engineer is not mentioned until you go to the categories below, and it says 20th century American engineers. 21st century American engineers. Interesting. Uh, right. American software engineers, and maybe the most important, members of the United States National Academy of Engineering. Oh, okay. So maybe that, that says yes. All He's right. certainly a software engineer. Josh, are you in the National Academy of Engineering? I am most certainly not. Well, oh, what, why not? Oh, I mean, that <laughs> takes uh, quite a um, you know, wealth of uh, research conducted. Oh, you so. don't just put a, you know put 200 bucks a year in to give you coming there. You have to be elected, right? Oh, okay. They have to choose you? Yeah, nominated and elected. Do, yeah. they, have a, do they have a magazine? I, I have know. no idea. Well, yeah, this they have the, a council. You, you guys we, aren't getting we don't in, know. You guys aren't <laughs> getting like... in that way. 
what subscribing to the magazine would get you in? I don't know. That, that seems like a minimum. He had enough letters to the editor of the magazine. We had to let him in. I don't know. You probably get a free magazine when you're in, though. <laughs> Josh, thanks for coming by. Thank you. You're a mechanical engineer. How long have you been here? Uh, this is my 12th year. Wow. That's wow. pretty good. That's a while. I guess we'll, I guess we'll start. Where, yeah, where, what else are we doing here? I don't know. Where, where, did you, uh, where did you start your entire life? My entire life, I was born outside of the uh, Chicago. Oh, no way. Okay. But spent uh, just a little bit of time there, two and a half years. Okay. So. You don't remember yeah. much of that? I do not. Okay. And then where'd you move from there? Uh, we moved to, my family moved from there to South Carolina. Okay. From there to Texas, and then Texas to Delaware. Delaware is where I did my middle school and high school years. Man. Oh, because you have not a shred of a Chicago a southern or a texan accent no i don't think yeah no <laughs> too much moving around exactly oh man wow it all got it all got mushed together uh and what where in delaware exactly slower lower delaware slower lower delaware yeah so i was south of the canal which is kind of the dividing line is it? so okay uh, i grew up in a small town um called milford which is about five thousand people that's where i did most of my middle school years and then i uh transferred down to seaford uh for my high school years uh-huh are you the one who calls it slower, lower, or is that a thing they say? I think that's the thing they say. Yeah. They, I didn't know that from my, my summer spent at Rehoboth Beach. Is that in slower, lower? That is in slower, lower, lower. I can't believe you summered in Rehoboth. <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> By which I meant I've been to Rehoboth Beach a couple times. Oh, okay. It just sounded bigger. Um, and so after... Uh, what, did you ever summer in Rehoboth? I mean, we went to Rehoboth for day trips and whatnot, and Lewis and Bethany what, Beach. And what's it like Dewey and. It's a lot nicer than Ocean City in Maryland. Is it? Which is just like a carnival schlockfest. I like carnival schlockfests. <laughs> it's really tough to be in Ocean City. I there's, there's I'm sorry. I don't know how you feel about Ocean City, Maryland. I've only been there once or twice. I just remember it's a very long city. Like you start at the top and it's like 116th Street. And yeah. then you have to drive to get to all the interesting stuff down at like True. 2nd Street. Right. Do they, have a, do they have like a boardwalk in Rehoboth? Yeah. They uh, do. They do. It's, yeah. It's a lot nicer. Well, it's smaller. Like, what smaller. Do they have arcades? They yeah, do. they do. I was given the big treat was maybe when I was 10 and we went there and my parents gave me a, a roll of quarters for the week so we could play the arcade games. And I really like the one where you roll the ball and it's the horse races. So mm -hmm. mm. your horse has to, you know, if you, whatever, if you do the ski ball rolling well enough, then your horse advances and wins. It reminds me of Boardwalk Empire. Was he Buscemi there? He was not there. Okay. But um, the Ocean City Boardwalk is much more mammoth and... Lots of uh, French fries and vinegars and uh, roller coasters. You say that like it's a bad thing. I yeah. can kind of smell it even if I, as I talk about it. You don't it. like vinegar on your French fries? No. Ugh. Yeah, Thrasher's French fries that's and Grotto's pizza. No, wait, that's in... That's uh, in Rehoboth. That's in Rehoboth, okay. Yeah. They don't put vinegar on the French fries in Rehoboth? In Slower Lower? Yeah, they do. I think they have Thrasher's in Ocean okay. City and Rehoboth. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, let's you, keep going. You had a high school interest in science and math. Yeah. And, and so that carried through. Yeah, that seemed to translate. Where did you Where did you apply to college? I applied, uh, you know, a bunch of places, but I went to Bucknell. Was um, the school I went to? Ah, arrival, arrival. So I was going to ask, how's their podcast? <laughs> I'm not aware that they have a podcast. Isn't exactly. that so interesting? <laughs> right. Interesting. And so, what what made you choose Bucknell? Um, their engineering program. Yeah. You know, it's like I was good in math, science, played with Legos. So mm -hmm. you know, you hit the trifecta. You mm -hmm. must be an engineer. So. How long does it take to get to Bucknell from here? About two hours, two and a half hours. It's in Lewis. Lewisburg. Berg. Yep. Which I only remember, I remember as a child when we would drive to upstate New York, we'd often go through Lewisburg and there was some like ice cream place with a big cow in the front. It's the only, my only memory of Lewisburg and I can't even, also, even say if it's still there. Also a prison. 
Yeah, there is the federal penitentiary we there. Didn't stop um, at the prison. I don't. And there that. was the ice cream shop with the big cow, but I can't remember its name. All right, but I was right. That is that city. It is a very nice town to visit. It's got a nice little main street. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's historic Lewisburg. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't uh, we don't collaborate much, right? Is there any Lafayette Bucknell interaction? No, I mean I th- I think it's just kind of too far away for practical things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we barely collaborate with Lehigh, and they're ten miles away. There are some collaborations. Do you Maybe collaborate with even. anybody at Lehigh? I do not. But people in my department too. Okay. You guys should have like a paper series. Just hang out. That's my that's my call. Is that your input? Yeah, sure. You can ask him if he wants you would you like to have a paper series? I I mean it could be interesting. What is a paper series? I don't know. You just bring papers. We just sit around and read papers to each other. I think that's it. Student papers. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not so much. No no offense, guys. So you did you did your stuff at Bucknell and did you come directly here? I did not. Okay. No, I, um, so I, the interesting thing for me is I went to Bucknell for mechanical engineering, but I did not leave Bucknell as a mechanical engineer. No way. Um, yeah, I is, was, this a, is this a scoop? <laughs> this is first I, time I do not think this is oh, a scoop, okay. but okay. not necessarily everyone knows this about me. So, Always looking for a scoop. Um, yeah, I just uh, I found myself not enjoying mechanical engineering, mm-hmm. um, and I was taking math classes at the same time. I was just kind of enjoying the purity of them, so I actually left Bucknell as a mathematics major. Oh, no way. Okay. Go straight to grad school? Yeah. Yeah, I did. So I was I was really hoping to become a professor. That was uh-huh. like really the career ambition. And wh- um, when, when did that start? That sort of ambition began when I was in high school. Oh, um, wow. So I, I had friends who were taking calculus. I had taken it the year before, and mm-hmm. I was just really enjoying um, tutoring them, assisting in their learning, and I just that kind of was really inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, students, can you tell, like what's your sense of teaching skills of your professors? Do you think of professors as along that line of like their teaching capabilities who's the best teacher guys yeah i mean it makes a huge difference there's some teachers that are are, i mean most teachers are really smart but uh if i'm being honest most teachers are not uh that focused on the actual teaching and and really get into their own uh their own work they really focus on themselves like academia i mean i wonder what what you think but academia sort of feeds this obsession with yourself and your own work in order for you to succeed and then uh they put you in a classroom to teach other people but you're already you're obsessed with your own work that that seems to match my understanding of it do you think that could help you though if you're if you're knowledgeable about something you can you're better at teaching sort of the building blocks of that thing i think so but i think it's i think the issue is is the assumption that you'll be good at teaching strictly based on how much you like that subject Mm -hmm. Like there seems to be, there has to be a gap, or there's something in addition to that. I think, I think, it, I, don't, I think it's correlated, but it's not necessarily always the case that someone who knows a lot about stuff is good at teaching it. Did I've you certainly have, seen my share of talks. Did you have um, teachers that you really admired, or ones that inspired you? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when uh, um, when I was in high school, I was taking calculus, and so uh, Dr. Passmore at University of Delaware, you know, I just shout out. Um, you know, he was just. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm not certain, like, in retrospect, if he was that good of a teacher, but, like, at the moment, he seemed like, you know, a really good teacher. I was really enjoying learning from him. Mm-hmm. And certainly, uh, Pamela um, Gorkin at Bucknell was uh, my mentor, my my thesis advisor, uh, you know, and, and I took classes with her over two or three years, you know, did two years of worth of research with her. And so she was really uh, substantial in my my career preparation. Mm-hmm. Now, you both have been teaching for a while, and you both were students for a while. What do you think makes a good professor, someone who goes beyond just knowing stuff to being able to impart that. I mean, I'm an English major, so I take a lot of seminar classes. So Mm -hmm. a lot of it has to do with being able to facilitate and guide discussion and not necessarily always dominate it. Mm -hmm. Is there something about empathy and perspective taking, like having this sort of theory of mind that 
you're teaching people who are at, you know, square one where you're at, you know, way, way far down there. You have to sort of put yourself in the mindset. What was it like before I knew all the stuff that I knew? And that's certainly something I try to do. You know, mm-hmm. I was trying to remember what it was like to, to learn to understand this. I, I don't think I could be a high school teacher. I don't remember what it's like to not understand arithmetic or, or basic algebra. Like, sure. you know, how, how it would it be to, you know, try to teach that material, which just seems so fundamental to me. I can't imagine not knowing it, but mm-hmm. I can't imagine not knowing the material that I'm, I'm currently teaching, what sure. it's like for people to have to work through those confusions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wh- I want to, so you can tab this if you have a diagram here. Yeah. I want to ask about the material that you're currently teaching. But first, mm-hmm. I want to ask about grad school. After Bucknell, you did graduate studies at a place that we both know. I went to University of Virginia. Nice. It's Charlottesville, Simon. Good place. Good place. And what was the program like there? It was a great program. You know, I was uh, there for math graduate studies. I was uh, thinking that I was going to be a mathematics professor, but uh, just after a year of that, I just kind of lost my interest. I think I found that there was just a difference between the undergraduate level mathematics that I was learning versus the the graduate classes that I was taking and kind of seeing what might be a, you know, graduate level research project that I would undertake as my thesis. I just kind of lost my passion. So um, I feel like a lot of my life has been serendipity. So mm-hmm. um, there was a, uh, actually the Dean of the College of Engineering at Bucknell, I had done a summer research project with him when we were both at Bucknell and he had left and become the chair of the Department of Mechanical Engineering uh, at University of Virginia. Mm-hmm. And wow. someone I knew just kind of sent me a random email saying, hey, you should go say hello to Pepe Humphrey. He's left Bucknell and gone down there, you know, where you're at and you should go say hi and had a conversation with him. And, you know, I talked to him about the fact that I wanted to leave mathematics, come back to engineering and he welcomed me to, to join him on his research projects. Wow, that is nice. So what was the nature of your, your ultimate graduate work or your, your final dissertation? Yeah, so even even when I joined Professor Humphrey, I mean, even though it was serendipity there, when I first joined him, he was really excited about um, studying hard drives. Okay. You know, basically, um, you know, hard drives for the past, you know, 25 years all spin at the same speed. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not really spinning faster than 7,200 RPMs. Yeah. Um, and you still need, you know, disk-based hard drives, um, you know, even with the solid-state ones now just for, you know, large capacity. Sure. And so he was looking at kind of like why they couldn't be spun faster because of the um, fluid, fluid dynamics that they generate by oh. nature of the rotation. But that was just not really interesting to me. Ben has a question. Can we have a, clear, can we have a follow-up clarification? In case anybody in the audience isn't refined on the differentiation between a spinning hard drive and a solid-state one, um, how might we define that difference? One spins. What one is a solid-state? What, what's, ha- what's the difference? This phone here has a solid straight state kind. Of, well, it's not really. Actually, it's not an SSD. It's it's. More so don't of a tell chip. me where I would find one. Like, what okay. is it? It's what like happens this. in a solid state disk that's different than a spinning disk? I'm gonna let Josh answer that. He's the expert. I, I'm not the expert on this. I mean, there's just like there's no moving parts in the solid state. It's just somehow like electrons are flipped. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> I don't think it stores I don't think data. I don't know how anybody out there knows. Chips. For another cross-reference, we could yeah. ask for another show past guest, John Locke, who's mm-hmm. a chair of electrical computer engineering at UVA. Yeah, I mean, I think he would say the John, same thing. Colin, explain this. Doesn't Does, spin. Yeah. Well, it's not like it's not solid. It's not like a liquid drive. I don't just think that spins. Yeah, but I, I think I think it it could be kind of considered like a non-movement hard drive. I know none of the interns are piping in, so this is commonly not understood. I'm very confused. 
And so can you get faster than 7,200 RPM? I, I mean, they can get somewhat faster. I mean, there are ones that are like 15,000, um, but they're not for the, you know, kind of a common application. Wow. So okay. it's basically the um, the spinning disks basically cause airflow, and the airflow causes the physical mechanisms that do the rewriting to vibrate too much that it causes errors. Oh, wow. And so they can't get really them to get the spin oh. much faster. So oh, that's so cool. So he was looking at research projects on that, but I, I only found that kind of so interesting. So thankfully yeah. um, he um, because he was early in his time there he was having conversations with other people in the departments and found another researcher who was looking at doing experimental work on modeling a therapeutic procedures that doctors use to treat uh, diseases and disorders of the brain so mm. uh, recently Senator John McCain um, died of a brain tumor glioblastoma mm-hmm. you know the challenge with treating these tumors uh, is that chemotherapeutic drugs are not that effective because mm-hmm. your brain has what's called the blood-brain barrier it prevents normal chemotherapeutic drugs which are delivered from the intravenous system from crossing from your uh, arteries to get into your brain so generally that's a good defensive mechanism to keep like the unwanted chemicals yeah. out mm-hmm. uh, but But it's, uh, you know, bad if you want to actually have therapeutic drugs get into your brain tissue. So uh, doctors came up with a way of basically just uh, bypassing the blood-brain barrier by directly drilling a hole through your skull and inserting a a catheter um, or a cannula kind of into your your brain tissue directly. And then just over a very long time, several days, slowly pushing in the fluid uh, and kind of having it disperse itself amongst... Uh, you know, through the brain tissue. Who's so, the first test, test subject on that? Uh, lots and lots of animal studies. Mm-hmm. So, I remember uh, it, there was like a uh, ex- experiment they talked about in psychology in my psychology class. Not an experiment, but an idea of like this idea of functional fixedness. Um, it involved drilling holes in brains. It did involve drilling holes in brains, but it was talking about like brain tumors and stuff like that. How you know you couldn't shoot a laser that was powerful enough that you know to, to melt a tumor because it would go through your skull but if you shot a bunch of lasers from a bunch of different areas where they all met was going to be powerful enough to oh, melt the tumor the cross section yeah they call that intersectionality i think that's what they call it no phone calls or emails please it, did that ever happen was that a thing lasers <laughs> not with what, what i was studying no award-winning okay, question probably from vvv probably the lab next door though Perhaps I would assume. So, is this what you went into, like drilling holes in brains? Um, so I, I was completely a mathematical modeler. So, uh, oh, you know, okay. we we wanted to understand the physics. So, it was a lot of people doing experiments on, you know, on all these animals and whatnot. But it was still kind of like, how would you take the information you're gleaning and like translate it from animal studies to to human studies if you didn't understand the underlying physics of what was going on? So, when you would deposit the fluid into the brain that would cause um brain kind of looks like a sponge so Mm -hmm. it would cause your brain tissue to swell a bit Mm -hmm. and you know how the fluid and the drugs would would be transported Mm -hmm. and would they necessarily go in the direction that you wanted them to go and so so how fast can you inject it and stuff like that? yeah that that was a big concern so um you know the brain tissue is kind of sticky so it would stick to the outside of the catheters or cannulas but if you pushed in too fast the fluid would just kind of like cause the brain tissue to unstick from the um, catheter and all the drugs would just go back along the catheter and just leak out to the top of the brain and not really go in the direction you wanted it. Wow. So it was all, you know, people are seeing this experimentally, but we're trying to understand, you know, the physics of that. So that's research that I started, uh, you know, at, at the beginning of my graduate studies and has been work that I've tangentially been related to, you know, till this day. Wow. Man. You okay? Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. Good. A lot of blood talk here. A lot of blood talk. Brains, <laughs> tissues, blood. Yeah. Um, did you have to take a lot of coursework in uh, biology? 
Like how much do you have to understand about physiology and biology? You know, most of that was just uh, self-studied. It wasn't worth, you know, taking a full course in physiology just for the focused kind of uh, understanding that I needed to have about what was the brain physiology. Mm -hmm. uh, segue. So that was more than 12 years ago. Or was this your, did you get this job right out of grad school? I did a postdoc uh, for 11 months. So I had a quick stopover. I uh, went out to California for University of California, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So I was in the Department of Neurological Surgery. So I wasn't doing um, my PhD research, but I was with an mechanical engineer who was interested in understanding the mechanical properties of the blood vessels in, in the brain so that they could understand trauma that would occur. Did you scrub in on any surgeries? Uh, I, uh, I did not participate in any surgeries, but I did have to attend a few um, uh, brain surgeries. So that's actually how we would get the, the blood vessels that he would do experimental testing was for uh, patients undergoing uh, epilepsy surgery. Oh, okay. And they were, would remove parts of the brain tissue to help them control their seizures. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, this was those sort of... Um, uh, surgeries where the patient would have to be awake during it because yep. they would have Ooh. to, uh, you know, respond to various probes to make certain that they weren't going to remove parts of their brain that would uh, be responsible for communication, language skills, things we'll be like lying that. on the floor. Didn't Wilder Penfield uh, pioneer those types of things? I think he was a Canadian surgeon. We, le we learned that in school. Wilder Penfield? Yeah. Let's, someone, someone else there look, out there look up Wilder Penfield. You, you can mind. see what Canadians cherish in their education. Right. Yeah. Yes. Do you watch this directly or are you like watching on a screen? Or can you no, actually I, like I, see I, I was in the room. Yes. Oh. I mean, I was like feet away. And, and so they would, uh, you know, right before they would remove the brain tissue they want to remove, they would, uh, you know, clip away the blood vessels on the surface of the brain and, and give them to us. And I would rush them back oh, uh, into the lab so that my postdoc supervisor could do his experimentation. Was there running down yeah. the hallway with the brain tissue? Uh, no running. You know, okay. just. Was it in a cooler? It, uh, yeah, it was in a cooler. Yeah, okay. I would get it in the petri dish, put it in the, the cooler. Yeah. Did you ever switch the lunch cooler? For the, <laughs> no, the, I did not. Okay. You know, these, they probably had a yeah. sticker on them or something like that. <laughs> okay. Would have been funny, though. Hilarious. <laughs> um, so uh, in mechanical engineering here, what is uh, uh, what are your main courses or what what do you teach? So now we can come back to this is the connective point to mm -hmm. earlier when we were asking about teaching. Mm -hmm. Now we want to know the kinds of things that you're teaching. It's connective tissue. Oh, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. God, yeah. what a seamless hole. <laughs> My teaching area here is mostly in the thermal fluid sciences, so that we have a sequence of thermodynamics, fluid mechanics, heat transfer, and then a laboratory course where we kind of, uh, it's a capstone for that experience. So I, I teach all of those courses. Does anyone look up Wilder Penfield out there, by the way? You oh, yeah. Confirmed. He is Canadian. Thank you. Um, I had another question. Um, what are some of the other stuff that you've been doing on campus? You're pretty active and involved with uh, a lot of programs. One of the main things I've been involved with is being a posse mentor. So I am the mentor for the uh, DC posse, uh, who are the seniors on campus. Have we have we talked about posse on on this show before? I think because Ben has talked about it. Oh, Ben's yeah. a posse, uh -huh. uh, New York. What number? New York. New York. Posse, what? New York fourteen. New York fourteen. Is this DC fort? No. DC ten. DC ten. That's like a plane. I knew you were gonna say. Do they do they have a graphic? Because if they don't, a DC ten. Yeah. Do you guys have logos happen. or icons? No, we do not have a logo no. or you know. So they're seniors. The, for, how's the experience been? It's been great. Yeah, it's been quite a privilege working with them. So. So these are ten students now. Ten students. So with. you know, Passe is a leadership-based scholarship. You know, mm -hmm. where um, a cohort of students is brought from a uh, urban environment. Mm -hmm. So uh, my ten students are from the D.C. metropolitan area. 
that are um, kind of formed into a cohort. They go through an eight-month uh, pre-collegiate training to help them bond and uh, learn um, support skills and things like that. And so mm-hmm. in the first two years, uh, I serve as a active mentor to them. So I meet with them individually once every other week and yeah. as a group uh, once a week. Uh, and then uh, the past two years have just been uh, more informal mentorship. I mean, what, why, what made you choose to do that in the first place? I mean, I think that as I love teaching, but um, I found that really engaging with students on a one-on-one basis has, you know, really been something that I uh, have enjoyed doing and that have mostly been, you know, through mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to kind of broaden that opportunity. How's your emotional register? Like, it seems like it'd be a hard graduation to get through. Like, you really know these students. I, d- I do. So I'm, you know, really uh, excited for them to graduate. But I, I am a crier. So I'm expecting this to be emotional for me. So now are all, all 10 graduating? Uh, yes, I, I um, hope that all 10 will graduate. Okay, so four in four years, not too bad. That's a, by my calculations, 100% graduation rate. <laughs> yes, that's kind of my job. But I mean, part of the, you know, the success story with Posse is often the statistics for um, high school graduates from these urban environments, the college graduation rates about 50%. And those who go through the Posse Foundation are um, up around 91 to 92%. Yeah. College graduation. Bumping it up with your 100. There Mm -hmm. you go. That's great. I think Ben's going to graduate. Oh, yeah. Ben, you're on track to graduate. But do you want to do the Segway Master? Um, I wonder what other things have changed, which makes me think of other 10-year periods have changed before that. Perfect. Oh, gosh. So good at that. So elegant. Really. And I'm wondering um, about your musical tastes across those three eras. If I may ask, Josh. Please do. It's a question we ask all of our guests, which you know. At age 10, what was your favorite music or what did you enjoy listening to? I had very poor musical taste. My parents did not listen to much music at home. But you've listened to our show. You know a lot yes, of people I have, have bad so. tastes. Um, was so, it like a Sound of Music type situation? No, it was more like the kind of like the doo-wop era was kind okay. of like riding in the car and whatnot. Okay. My personal, I wouldn't say taste, but things that like I remember having cassettes that probably my friends, which was like Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're bon that Jovi. Jen? Yeah, Jen Bon Jovi. Beastie Boys, um, White Snake. Mm-hmm. So White it's Snake. like... Yeah, this was the rest of the snake bands. <laughs> like the late 80s. So. Oh, snake, yep. yep. Madonna. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's reasonable. But when, when you're 20 and you have just a smidge more uh, agency and choice, um, did that change? Did you shed uh, Madonna and, and White Snake? Keep in mind you were at uh, Bucknell at the time. I was, yeah. I was the a senior at that point. Bucknell. So, um, yeah, I mean, at that point I was listening to a lot of you too. But um, really, this was late 90s. Dave Matthews was, was really big. Mm-hmm. And, uh um, Bucknell was one of the stops that he and Tim Reynolds did on their on their tour. So, oh, cool. You know, people were camping out for tickets for that. So, were you excited to go to Charlottesville and then have you in more proximity? I was, yeah. So, I saw him once on the downtown mall. Me too. You know, He's originally but, South African. That's true. Yeah. So, but well, we both saw him on the downtown mall. No way. I saw him at Christian's Pizza. Um, now, when you're thirty, where 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 were you when you're thirty? I was here. Okay. And uh, so, did you have more Pennsylvanian tastes then? At that point, pretty much, I was, like, not listening to much music. It was mostly podcasts. Like, oh. I can't really do work to music or anything, so it's mostly things when I'm driving or commuting, and so it's pretty much podcasts. Would it help if we sang on this podcast? <laughs> and then you could get both? No. No, I don't think help. anyone no. would want that. So uh, what, are, what are the top-tier podcasts in your in your world? So, I mean, besides various breads this and butters, you know, given, yes. given yes. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, This American Life, um, mm-hmm. Serial, but, you know, some uh, crime podcasts like Criminal, um, so um, hidden hidden brain. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of a lot of things that come out of NPR. So yeah, yeah. code switch, Nancy. Mm-hmm. 
Any other school podcast? No, no other school <laughs> podcast. Really on that one. Yeah. Um, regardless of all that, um, it does bear that we should have a quiz. Uh, yes, another <laughs> fantastic segue. So this is Real or Not, Things About University of Virginia. Oh. Now, we have talked about, uh, I think, Jefferson before. Yes. Like when the aforementioned friend of the show, past guest, John Locke, was on. Mm-hmm. I think his quiz was Jefferson-based. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jefferson's University. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this one is just things about the University of Virginia. Are these real things about UVA or not? This is classic because Josh is the putative expert here. That, that is right. This yes. is how this thing works. It works well. Uh, everybody ready here? You want to? Do a mic check question? Can uh, we? Yeah, yeah. We'll do a mic check oh, question. Oh, great. So, for example, okay. as Josh may have just indicated, the first mic check question. Yes. Just so we can get a sentence that. Got it. Josh, I'll pretend that you don't know how this works. Uh-huh. Um, so Simon's going to answer first. We I all play along. Yep. Then we'll go to, to Jen and Ben mm-hmm. and then Michelle and yep. then Josh. You can say putative again. Putative expert. Putative expert will be the last. Mm-hmm. Um, we expect you to do the best on this. This should be good. Things about UVA. Are these real or not? Yep. Jefferson founded it. Jefferson founded it. We're talking about Thomas Jefferson. Yes. I believe the hook on the last Jefferson-based one was a lot of them had to do with uh, Sherman Helmsley. Oh, yeah. The Jeffersons. Yes. Did uh, did Thomas Jefferson have a middle name? Wow. I have no <laughs> idea. Wow. What a good question. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, we don't need to- should we, we know that? We don't need to solve that right now. Um, but- Thomas Alvin Jefferson. I believe that Thomas Alva Jefferson- no, that was Edison. Uh, I believe that he was indeed the founder of the University of Virginia. What do you think? I appreciate you drawing this out. Jen. I agree with Simon. Thank you, Jen. Ben. I may, I may disagree, but it's the truth. Exactly. It's the truth. Michelle, go. Definitely the truth. What do you think, Josh? He was. Okay. Okay. I, I did, hey, we Michelle, made it through the, the mic check. Did the mics work? <laughs> yes. Mics work. Okay. And plus, Josh is one for one. One for one. Nobody's counting your answers. We're all one for one. Number two, yes. uh, Dr. Seuss didn't get in. Dr. Seuss did he was not denied get in. admission to UVA. Denied admission. Dr. Seuss. How would one know Theodore that? Theodore Easel. Did he tell people? It's an interesting question. It is an interesting question. Questions about questions. You're asking follow ups. Oh, man. Dr. Um, Seuss didn't get in. Do you know the vast majority of humanity never got into UVA? <laughs> I didn't ask about the vast majority of humanity. Okay, but I'm saying it's not such a special thing that he didn't get into. <laughs> you don't even know. If you're not answering. He did not get into UVA. So you're saying this is true. Wait, but what if he never applied? What do you think, Jen? Um, I think he did get in. Oh, Ben. <laughs> I don't think he went to uh, college. Good one. Michelle. I'll go yes. Interesting, Josh. I'll go no. No, he did not. Did he apply? He did. Okay. There's a there's a, often a rumor which is not true, but they tell it a lot. Mm-hmm. Is that there, there's a big mm-hmm. house on one of the on Observatory Hill at UVA, mm-hmm. which they said was like his um, Dr. Seuss's house because he would look down mm-hmm. and it was the model for like Whoville, mm-hmm. since the UVA is the Wahoos. And do you know why they're called the Wahoos though? No. No. Oh. Why? Apparently, Wahoo is a fish, which okay. will drink like twice its weight in water oh. or something. And so there was, of course, the student body drinking twice their weight in beer or oh. thing. You know, oh. that they were interested so, in hydration. Was that from the start or did that evolve over the years? When did they become? I have no idea. I mean, I was there since 99. So, I mean, they were the Wahoos then. Wahoos, yeah. They should have been the uh, uvulas. <laughs> UVA. Babs is that, uvula. That thing at the back of your mouth, right? Right. Let's not talk about Is that this. what that is? Someone check that. Next question. Yes. Edgar Allan Poe did get in. Edgar Allan Poe did get in. He seems like more of a Johns Hopkins kind of guy, so I'm going to say no. What do you think, Jen? I'm going to say no as well. Okay. What do you think, Ben? Uh, I don't know. 
You have two options here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Okay, Michelle. I'll say no. Hmm, Josh, what do you think? Josh, what do you think? He was there for a semester, had a room on the quad. Yeah, all this required was you guys to remember past uh, quizzes, because this has come up before. Has it? I believe you've made a crack about Poe's dorm room. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of... <laughs> uh, posters up from The Cure. He's very emo. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I can imagine. All right, next one. Uh, Charles Pepper of Dr. Pepper fame went to UVA. Oh, man, does that... So, can you... Can Charles you, Pepper. Can of, you at he least... Was, he went to UVA Medical, Dr. Pepper. Can you tell us whether Charles Pepper invented Dr. Pepper? Can Dr. You, Pepper was named after Charles Pepper. It wasn't named after Charles Pepper. It was named for Charles Pepper. He was a medical doctor or PhD? Medical doctor. Medical doctor. UVA has a vaunted medical school. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Not Mr. Pibb, oh. but Dr. Pepper. I'm going to say... Mr. Pibb did not get in. No to Dr. Pepper. Yes to Mr. Pibb. What do you think, Jen? I'm going to say no. Ben. I'm going to say yes to Mr. Pibb. Oh. And yes to Dr. Pepper. Both oh, yes. rivals both got Michelle. I'm going to say that there really is no Dr. Pepper in Dr. Pepper. Interesting, Josh. I'm going to say no. It's a yes. Oh. Charles Pepper did go to UVA. Chuck Pepper. Chuck Pepper. Chuck Pepper and I didn't, soda pop. Uh, until then, I didn't know that there was actually a person that was named after something. Huh. Moving on. Uh, right. uh, so, uh, next question. Uh, Philip Roth is an alum. Phil Roth. The the recently passed Philip Roth. Okay. Um, for the millennials out there, explain what Philip's Roth, Philip Roth's um, you know, contribution. Oeuvre. You don't yeah. know the novelist Philip Roth? Of course I do. I want you to explain it to them. Oh. Why don't you answer first and then they'll explain? No, I don't think that's how they learn. <laughs> they want a real professor teaching them. Okay, I'm going to say no. <laughs> He's what not you, an alum. What do you think, Jen? Not an alum. Phil Roth. Yes. Ben. That was Can so... Jen say that like into the mic at all? Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Question mark. Thank you, Ben. No. What do you think, Michelle? No. And Josh. He was a graduate of Bucknell, but I don't know of UVA, so I'm going to say no. Josh is correct. He's Josh a Bucknell grad, good for, not UVA. Good for him. What did he graduate in? He graduated, what year? No, no, no. What what field? English. Interesting. He's a novelist. Okay. What kind of novels did uh, he write? He was probably one of, the, one of the premier novelists of the entire 20th century. The entire 20th century? Yes. I think he's probably like a top five, top 10 novelist of the 20th oh, century. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, I don't know, Portnoy's Complaint, uh, uh-huh. um, Human Stain, uh-huh. Goodbye Columbus. Heard of some of those. The list goes on. Hemingway, also 20th century yes. writer. So read his book. Um, <laughs> I think Philip Roth might be in that category of the great white male narcissist novelists. No, oh, okay. There's a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of in that big category. Okay. Updike. Updike and Roth. Um, next one. Yeah. Cheryl Hines is an alum. Cheryl Hines. Now, I know Ben knows her because he's a big fan of, of Curb Enthusiasm. Cheryl Hines. Cheryl Hines. Um, is she an not alum? Not of the Hines ketchup family. No, spelled differently. Exactly. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with no again. What do you think, Boy, you're just I'll say no, too. Good. What do you think? Uh, I know she's from Florida. Good. Yep. And uh, That would be an out-of-state uh, tuition. Yep. Yeah, so I, I, I'm... I'm leaning towards no. I, okay. I I think she's one of the best actors in uh, Curb. She does. She really. Uh, she really makes Larry look like uh, such a jerk, and, and it's very very convincing. So I'm gonna go no. He does pretty good at that himself. What do you think, Michelle? No. Okay, and Josh. I will guess no. No, she went to West Virginia. Exactly. This is Virginia. Yeah. They split during the Civil War. People. It's two states now. Man. That's West Virginia. Was that a scoop? 
That's a scoop. Okay. They do aggregate not- it. What's that? Aggregate. What? I don't know what he said. It's news. You got to aggregate it. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. All right. Um, was the founder of MIT a UVA professor? Was no. the founder of MIT a UVA professor? No, I think he started at MIT. You think he just started straight up? Just started up. <laughs> He's like, guys, here I am. Got a university. Let's go. All right. Come on. Come That's on. Come no on. That's a no from Simon. That's a no from me. Think, what do you think, Jen? Uh, no. Uh, ben, what do you think? Yes. And Michelle. Ben with a yes. Michelle. Yes. Michelle, finally, yes. You've been saying no all day. Yeah. It's about time for I a yes. I said yes like once before, I okay. think. Josh is saying yes. Josh That's saying correct. Yes. It is yes. Okay. William, William Barton Rogers. So he started before MIT. He, he he taught at UVA from 1835 to 1853, and then he moved up to Boston, started MIT with his brother in 1861. Okay. I can't believe you guys don't know this. If you would have read my book, he's all in my book. He hit the ground running. Um, how about this one? Did students shoot and kill a professor there in 1840? Ugh. Ouch. I would like to think not. Um, I'm going to say, uh, you know what? I don't want to think this is right. I'm going to say no. What do you think, Jen? Uh, no. It's awfully specific, though. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, could have happened at WVU. Uh, what do you think, Ben? I'm not Bucknell. Or Bucknell. Um, I'm actually taking this a little seriously right now because I, uh, I, I don't think I've gotten one wrong today. Oh, oh wow. He's getting there. I'm going to say... Uh, it's the eighth inning, perfect game. It is oddly specific, but then you pointed out that it's oddly specific. I know. Yeah. Now you don't know what's happening. Uh, but both of you said no. They both said no. I'm going to go yes. Okay. Yeah, that's probably a good, good way to go. What do you think, Michelle? Yes. Josh? Yes. It's a yes. It's a yes. It is a yes. There were prominent student riots in the 1830s. Wow. Culminating with this uh, terrible event. What were the riots about? Um, control of the university and how their education was going to work and how many guns they could have. Wow. That's bad times. I guess it makes, uh, is this the last question? I have the one last one. Ben, how do you feel? You feeling Uh, good? I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay. You're a little bit nervous Uh, though, right? But definitely a little bit nervous. Uh, If I get this right or wrong, is there going to be some sort of sound effect? Maybe, uh, maybe like a, a birthday, Bicycle horn? Maybe a bicycle horn, you know, like, like the a birthday, wooga? the thing, yeah. that, a wooga would be great. You know, uh, if if you get this wrong, Ben and I will figure out how you can get a minor in communication. <laughs> if he gets it wrong or right? If he gets it right, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, this one is really for Michelle's benefit. Ooh. Connie Britton. Connie Britton. Is she a UVA alum? Connie Britton. The actress um, Connie Britton. What was she on? Nashville. <laughs> That's right. Uh, how did she get that job? I don't know. What star-studded role did she play that led her to just it? Just by grinding at the acting thing. Um, it's been a while, Michelle. Okay, so I'm going to... Connie Britton. Con- Constance J. Britton. Why are you stalling? Uh, I don't know. What I'm do you gonna, think is going to come to you? I don't know. Maybe something will come to me. I'm going to say... Josh's time is precious. I'll say no. What do you think, Jen? Um, no. Ben. I'm, a lot I'm, on the line here. Connie Britton. What do you think? My thing with Connie Britton is I don't really understand the uh, the relevance... Of her playing Tam, uh, Tammy Taylor, the wife of Coach uh, Tim Taylor, or uh, what was his name? Coach Taylor on uh, it was Friday Tim, Night Lights. Tim the Toolman Taylor was on Home Improvement. <laughs> right. No, I just don't really understand what uh, what she has to do with uh, with the quiz. With UVA. Uh, was she, she UVA go, grad? You know, maybe she went to Bucknell. You're overthinking this, man. But uh, one thing we do know for sure yeah. is that she was on Friday Night Lights. Yes. And oh, we have not brought that up for okay. several episodes. Then your oh, communications okay. minor is on the line. I mean, I was I would say that most people in the universe have not gone to UVA, so Good. I'm going oh, to go no. There you go. The pay, play the probabilities. Well done. What do you think, Michelle? No. Okay, Josh. 
Why couldn't this be like Katie Couric or someone I know? Or so, Tina Fey. Yeah, I know. So it's uh, I'll say no. It's a no. Ben did it. Ben. Yay. This wasn't even about Yay. you. Wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. champagne popping sound. Well, I did it that. because uh, Josh is a posse mentor. Okay. I did it for him. Okay. Simon, you had a follow-up. Speaking of quizzes, how do you feel about Friday and Sunday? Where are you on that? Spectrum? This is very kind of like time of the year dependent. So yes. during the during the academic year, mm. I am very much a Friday person. Okay. But during the summer, I whitewater kayak a lot. Oh, okay. And so then I'm a Sunday person because it's like I can be on the water and, yeah. you know. Where do you go? So I, I mostly have kayaked on the Lehigh, but there's a lot of little creeks around here, the Tohican, the Broadhead. Uh, but I've been out to Ohio Pile, which is kind of by Pittsburgh, up to Massachusetts, by Williamstown, uh, up wow. to Canada Man. this past summer. You're committed. So. You were going to be a professional kayaker if it and didn't work out here? I think it was a little late to be a professional kayaker, okay. but maybe just a you know, dirtbag kayaker. Now, if memory serves me, Simon has a follow-up to this. I do. How do you feel about black licorice? Not a fan. Exactly. Right. So he's, I think I it all... Well, do you, you kind of like it a little more in the summer? Uh, no, no, I don't like I it don't in general. Know. I don't know about that. But I think there's more non-summer than there is summer. So if I'm rounding, you're a Friday person who doesn't like black licorice. We can write it down. That. Write it down. Okay. Put it in the spreadsheet that we're all working on. Yeah. How's that going? Anyone? Uh, it's not It's not really going. Okay, good. Yeah. You know what? I, I knew that because I've seen the spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Josh, thanks for so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for being a fan and a listener. Um, if you want to contact us, you can always email. We forgot the mailbag this week. Oh, my God. Uh, we uh, we cannot get it together. Variousspreadsandbutters at gmail.com. If you want to follow us, Facebook is probably not the way, way to go, but you can follow us on Twitter at some later date, which we are still operating. Yes. Um, I think that's it. Thanks I, to I think that's all. Thanks to everyone. Thanks for coming in, Josh. Thanks Thank so much. Headphones off. All right. Headphones off. Hey, did you go to a uh, friend of the show, past guest Jen Rossman's uh, book reading? I did. I was just telling them. Yeah? It was very well attended. Well, it was very enjoyable. Uh, it was for her new novel, The Place You're Supposed to Laugh, oh. out with 713 books. Oh, wow. And uh, available at all booksellers nationwide. Yeah. I am Amazon. Uh, actually, friend of the show, um, my friend of the show, Mark Luker, works for Amazon. Huh. And he was, I, I saw I saw him recently. I was out in Seattle for a conference. He was telling me, he's like, you remember that story? Uh, maybe you heard of like the Alexa, which recorded the family's conversation and then like emailed it out to everybody. No, that didn't happen. It did happen. How? Well, that was the question. Is like, how the hell did this happen? So it went rogue? Well, no, it didn't go rogue. But the question was how. And so one set of people, this was several months ago. It was a big story. It kind of spun around for a couple days. I missed it. But one answer to that was like, how did how did you think this would never happen? Like, that doesn't seem surprising, like, that that mistake would happen. I don't know. There's a, there's a series of, of things that need to happen. These well, that was, very... so his point was, like, that was that was us. That was my group. I had to read all the tickets that were coming in about what happened and how this. Wow. He described it as it was one of those just weird things of three left turns to make a right where a series of things yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, a series of things happened. Oh, God. Right. Did you all, none of you heard about this Alexa family conversation being recorded and then no, sent I heard up? about it. Um, just that it, it happened. Yeah. See, it just seemed, uh, I wasn't that surprised that it happened. I thought this is the kind of thing that would happen eventually. Yeah. He was like, you know, you know, there's all uh, 
Alexa keeps asking, like, there's, did you say Janet? I'm, I thought you said Janet. Did you say Janet? And there's a family just having a conversation. They don't hear Alexa asking. And so they're saying all kinds of things. Uh, and she thinks, Alexa thinks that they have answered. I heard you say yes. Did you say yes when I asked, did you say Janet? And then somewhere else in the conversation, somebody says the word yes. Uh, and so they tracked it all to like like three or four levels of wow. how many series of mistakes had to happen in a row. But they were a series of mistakes. It's not like... You can say one thing and it will email an entire conversation to your friend. Correct. But this proved very early on in the history of Alexis that this is possible. So there should there be, how many steps should there be before that happens? Well, these shouldn't happen, Alexa. It's a dumb idea. I don't have one. Aren't you surprised? But the, I am surprised, but it's just because you haven't gotten one yet. No, no, I, I, we, we got one. Jen's parents sent it to... Uh, so you do have one. No, Jen's parents sent it to us for my for Christmas last year, my birthday, and uh, she told me to send it back, so I did. Do, do any of you have one? Oh, an Alexa? No. What's the other one called? Uh, Google Home. Google Home. Don't have that either. HomePod is the HomePod. Apple version. Well, he was. Uh, it kind of played out the stereotype of what you don't want to hear is actually true because he's, he explained how most of the people who are doing all the Alexa programming, they're all like 25-year-old dude bros who like <laughs> live in an apartment and yeah. you know just play games all day. Uh-huh. And uh, I think they had also recently, there was a failed introduction of um, Alexa that whispered. What does that mean? Well, because there was a concern at nighttime. You're like, what, t- what time is it? You didn't want oh, Alexa to yell. I get it. I get so it. it was a. It seemed like it was a feature, like have Alexa whisper. Yeah. But one thing was that they didn't tell people that this new feature was there. And the second was that it just creeped everybody out. Like yeah. A whispering robot. Like it's twelve fifteen. Yeah. Ooh. I I was at I was at a thing last night, and someone was telling me with her Google Home. She said, "Google, turn off the TV," and it just laughed at her <laughs> and that was that was that was a known error that people were having yeah well but these don't these all feel like these are uh, these can't be surprising things like these are all the problems that you would expect to happen when something's we're, constantly listening <laughs> yes yeah do you you all feel like this is a, a definitive feature of your generation i i honestly i really don't get it at all now do your parents have them at home uh my brother things? uses it okay my dad my mom no yeah. My dad, uh, sometimes. I also just hate the idea of a, like, always-on microphone in my home. I just really don't like the idea that it would always be like that. How about a sometimes-on microphone? I already have one of those. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't have one, but I but It does I also, seem like you would have one. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like I would. But, but, it, but it's also, I mean, people seem to like them. I'm not saying that that makes them good, but... It makes sense for people with, like, disabilities and things like that, but I just don't think it is particularly useful useful in, like, the average person's daily life. So what happens when these things become, like, they, they do gain more AI-type abilities? Uh, Record my own shout-out here. Um, to Allison Poulton Simon, who will not hear this clip. Um, I know that you've now created a Twitter, so it's now time to follow various breads and butters on Twitter. Thank you, Taller Poulton Simon.